0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, and welcome back to Uncover Your Magic I get to share with you today a soul sister, someone who came to me, I think it was two months ago, so it's fairly new, but it feels like we've been together for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. She had been listening to my podcast and said she recognized my soul. And when I heard that, and I've mentioned that in previous intros, because it's really stuck to me, because it is so true. And when she said that to me, I, I was like so intrigued because I couldn't wait to get to know her and understand why she recognized my soul. It's been a magical two months <laughs> to get to know this woman. And when I say I feel like I've known her for a lifetime after life, when you meet someone, and I try to explain this when I help my girls with friends, you just know right away, it's an energy. It's this connection it's this knowing. I'm one of those that is just, I just know. And we do this as a family. Like I'll tell the girls, like we'll be somewhere and we talk to someone and I'm like, how did that energy feel? It's so important to feel that and either you recognize it and it feels good and common and loving. And my guest today, Janet, how she says it, she recognized it. And then another thing I always say too is people come into your life at the perfect timing, divine timing, as I always say, and people leave your life in the divine timing. And that's perfect too. Like I just realized too, I look back at people that were in my life and it they just kind of have left. And it's not bad or good. It's just you're in a life for with someone for this amount of time and then it's time to move on or your energy doesn't connect but I always believe that when you have that knowing or that feeling I mean I can talk to the girls about their friends that they really really connect with and have this knowing with that's what you teach your kids a long life where it's okay if a friendship dissipates or you move on from a group of friends or You know, even these kids that I'm working with right now, when they have problems at school with friends and, you know, they get bullied or it's just me explaining to them, like, gosh, it's just not a connection. There's no energy similarity. You know, you don't have that. It doesn't, it's not that they're wrong and they're, they're on their own journey and you're on yours and we're all energy and you just need to be like more attuned to others who you connect with. And realize that and, oh, and just cherish it when you find those. Like I do, Janet, I could probably have tears in my eyes because it, it's been such an amazing two months of, um, this friendship. When I decided to have her on here, I couldn't wait to share her with you because you're going to feel the same way and understand just knowing who I am because you've been listening for so long. Or if even if you're new to this, you'll get it, but you'll get it from her it's this authentic real loving non-judgmental it's everything <laughs> that i am that i look for and i always say you're a mirror of each other when you connect like that and it's so true like i see in her me and she's sees in me her and that's everybody that you connect with in life but let me give you a little background about janet before i bring her on her name is janet namaste she is an intuitive healer, channeler, clairaudient, clairvoyant, claircognizant, clairsentient, an IET practitioner, and a Reiki master. She has lived with her extrasensory abilities since she was a young child and has been a professional intuitive for 20 years, working with everyone from Fortune 500 C-suites, serial entrepreneurs, world renowned healers, celebrities to single moms, teachers, doctors, and local lawyers, providing them guidance and secrets of their life, holographic patterns, their original birth plan, their karmic connections, as well as accurate accurately guiding them in the direction of a successful future. She's also the founder of the Destiny Blueprint Program. She can accurately channel information to help you uncover the secrets of your own life patterns, your original birth plan, your karmic connection, as well as accurately guide you in the direction of a successful future. I'm going off what I'm getting right now. I just feel like I'm with Paige... You know, future, you know, where are we going signing? I just, we just had a zoom meeting with a college essay expert trying to figure out college. And, you know, I, it's interesting when I, you know, we're around now this age where I meet, I'm either seeing people on Instagram where they've just dropped their kids off to college or where, where I am with Paige going, okay, that's going to be me in a year. We need to get our mind in that like start focusing and planning and all that but um, you know when you think of a when I just think of how Janet can help people and what she does to see their true soul essence to see who in the direction that they're going I feel like her gifts are just beyond that and you know when I feel like with when you were a parent and we have these children and you know this whole you know go to college and then you do this and find a major and then am I going to, you know, her thing with rowing, like trying to figure out if she's going to get recruited for a rowing team. And, you know, there's so much pressure on these kids. And as a parent to make them see it from a higher perspective, like we're just going down our path, you know, it's all, everything is perfect. And, you know, I always say that, but to alleviate that pressure and to know that whatever is calling you is going to be calling you like even Janet listening to my podcast and saying it was like, she was like, I was calling her and then she called me. (laughs) But I mean, for real, like with children and raising them, like letting them go down their paths and seeing if it feels right and having that remembrance and seeing if they, you know, really uh, resonate with certain things and letting them follow that path. And you just be there to guide them. So important. And I'm, I didn't know that until really, I mean, I knew that, but when, until you're in it as a parent, like getting these, you know, teenagers to start to focus on, you know, where they see their future and what, what is calling them and what resonates, you know, listening to that inner voice and being so clear and. Having that clarity is so important and that's why I do what I do. And I know, because I didn't have that, I know that's why I was called to help these teenagers get that focus and get that clarity and have the mindset tools so they are equipped to go into the future and see themselves as these unlimited, amazing, most powerful souls that they are. And until you do that, I feel like the limiting beliefs and the, you know, all the beliefs that people put upon us or, you know, that you think that you are these things, but you're really not. It's just so important to erase that and let these kids get out into the world free of that. And I couldn't be more of a proponent of having that instilled in every one of our kids. I am so passionate about that and I see it. It is such a lack in this world right now. And I feel like these parents haven't really understood what these kids are going through right now with, you know, having gone through the pandemic, all this technology, the video games, the Instagram. Oh, there's so much more layers on these children that need to be taken off. And if I could give one advice, if you're a parent listening to this, or you know, parents out there with young kids is to have that awareness that it isn't how we grew up it's all it's um, night and day and they need the tools like the ones that I believe are so important so reach out to me I love to help I have classes weekly for parents to come on and they're free and I just want to help you I want to give these tools so these kids can live this life of you know just abundance and the knowing of who they truly are and have the, these tools to set them into the future with like confidence and clarity and the knowing of what they truly, truly, truly want and who they are. Uh, it's so, so important to me. So connect with me. You can either email me, Ashley at gmail.com or, um, just DM me. I'm always, you know, Instagram or Facebook, but, um, go to my website ashleygoner.com and you can email me there too but going back to janet and realizing the power of our energy and what comes through on this podcast i mean i just even this having this podcast alone has expanded the these beautiful souls like janet into my life and oh, i'm so grateful I, grateful doesn't even give it what i feel it's just it makes my heart so i mean so full and so this knowing that we're all coming together and we're recognizing this soul tribe that we have all come here to do and we're all coming here together and we're all joining so connect with me because if you do you know you're in my soul tribe and just like janet did she stepped out and and emailed me and connected to me and and now look i'm just like in awe of our connection and It's a beautiful thing. You're going to just fall in love with her like I did. And I guess without further ado, I get to have you meet Janet now and share her magic with you. So please welcome Janet to the show. Welcome, Janet.
1: Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this from the moment that you
0: and I connected. Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) So I want to kind of you know, not knowing where we go. And I just got done finished telling you that I never know what I'm going to ask or say or where, how it's going to begin. But what's coming to me is today is the girls went back to school, right? And we talked this morning. And I remember booking this call with you thinking August 14th. Oh, that'll be the girls first day of school, not knowing where my feelings would be at that moment. But since we have connected and we are so similar in the way we parent, and your ch- children are very similar age. I know Juliana's 19, almost, 19, 19. almost 19. And then your son, Mikey, is 15. So, like a year difference, but we've parents so much the same. And I, you are a new friendship to me, but it's been the feeling of I've known you for every lifetime. And it's, I could probably cry thinking of it. In fact, this morning driving here, driving home, I had tears in my eyes a lot and I think I'm emotional just because the girls are, you know, drove to school by themselves and, you know, they're one year of high school together. And I, but I was picturing how we connected. And when you connect with someone like I did with, like you and I did, it just takes that soul connection to the next level for me because you don't just meet somebody and connect. Like I've known you this way. I mean, there's certain people in our life that we can say that about, but it's so far and few between. And what I would love for you to start with before we go down into people getting to know your background and all of your beautiful gifts, explain how, like what you felt like when when you do meet someone, like how we connected and how, I mean, I I guess you saw me on the podcast. Like, can we kind of let people kind of understand that? Because it's so special.
1: It was indeed. You know, when the moment when I heard your voice and I started listening to your podcast, I just felt it was a sister. It felt like these four letters and felt like home. Truly, mm-hmm. it did. It felt like home. And um, they say that, you know, someone by the resonance of their voice and when you look in their eyes and Just your message and just the essence of your soul and your auric fields and your heart. It was just so beautiful. It felt like you and I, even though we're not part of a girl band, but we could be part of, we could harmonize. Right. (laughs) We, we would. And I just reached out to you after listening to a few podcasts because it was so authentic. And I never, I never met anyone honestly that was, there's always souls that have amazing aspirations that are doing incredible work in, in this world. But being in the 3D and 5D and trying to navigate through these times, especially when you have teenagers and there's so many other distractions that they go through and your passion and purpose of even teaching these young teens. And I said, oh my God, this is, this is what I do. This is what right. I, I love to do. And then you're speaking about your marriage. And I said, oh my God, this is like so similar to my relationship with my husband. And the way of the parenting is in itself, It, the, my view on that wasn't just of the way you were parenting them, but of the way that you were parenting yourself. And that's what I really fell in love with is the fact that you are just super authentic, just beautiful inside and out. And that connection, it was magnetic. So the positive of how this like modern technology is, is that if we were living in the 1980s, maybe, you know, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know if we would have met so soon, but I do feel that we were contracted to meet. It goes without saying. When you're speaking and I hear you talking to others in the podcast, it's as if I could finish your sentences, not because I'm intuitive, but because it just feels like truth. That's it. Truth and love. So it's golden. It really is golden. I will forever
0: cherish this, you know, our connection. I really yeah. truly, like I'll I forever it. cherish yes. it. Oh, me too. So much. You know, it goes so deep in such a short amount of time, but there's no time. And I know that we have had this connection and it makes, it almost makes all the things that, you know, we've, learned and expanded our minds to know and believe why we are here and that we are one. And that when I look at you, we're looking at each other, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're looking at you. And I just, you, you expand that for me. And I think, I mean, it's probably been a month or two, you know, it's not even been very long and just even today, reaching out when I was going through that, you know, leaving the girls when I said goodbye, I'm like, "Oh, Janet! Like you're the first person that comes to my mind." Oh, Janet! Like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Ashley, you didn't used to have Janet two months ago,
1: <laughs> but
0: now that's it. Once you go, Janet, you never, you never go back. Janet's planet. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Janet's I, planet.
1: <laughs> I will nourish and 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 be there as a support. This is my my promise because today was such a special day for you to watch both girls going to school and you not driving them for the first time one got, one has her license and is driving the other and i mean how that's it almost it probably felt for you i don't know but maybe like the first day of dropping them off in preschool
0: mm-hmm. and having
1: having to leave and you're not there protecting them and feeling like oh my god am i needed but you are such an amazing Mom, such a loving friend as well. That trust me, you've instilled all of the goodness that they're making their wise decision to stop at that four-way stop sign, look both ways, (laughs) and really just having the tools that they need to navigate through life. You're you you did right. They're lucky they chose you. I would choose you as a mom in the next life. (laughs) I would choose you you
0: too. (laughs) just the way you parent too, and why it's so refreshing. And, you know, my girls, and I know just from listening to ones having you in my ear the last few days for sure and how I, I was laughing at the story with their son when he wanted to take a shower by himself and you're, he's <laughs> like the angels and the, you know, he just, it's just so natural that, and I always say to the girls, you, when you're before a test, you got to ask your angels for help you got and then they're like today mom because we're always so used to our morning routine in the car and we're leading the prayer and the affirmations and all the things and today I was like okay girls are you going to do it without me and they're like mom we can't even it's like brushing our teeth like it would be so weird mom if we went to school and we didn't do all that so of course we're going to do that so when i look at the way you parent and you know have instilled these beautiful tools that i wish every child could have that and I know that's your passion as well and it it's just so just I, like it makes me feel this like oh there's hope there's this new generation of these beautiful souls are coming they're ready for it We've the parents have just coated it down with these beliefs that the hamster wheel keeps running you know and now it's like oh I just want to put that stick in there and say let's start a new thing okay now we're done with our our love with
1: our, parent, with our, with our love love parenting, <laughs> love each other
0: <laughs> oh and then after i meet you and then i start going down the janet namaste rabbit hole i am thinking what like what does she not do what is she where has she been all my life really so the first phone conversation we had you explained your story and so I go back and I think, Oh, I just want the world to hear this. And I think when people realize that we've all chosen this life and we've chosen our lessons and we've chosen the people in our life and, you know, we make life so hard instead of looking at it from a different perspective and choosing that perspective of it's all perfect and for me. But when you look at your life, Janet, I want the world to hear your story. I want you to go back to, you know, when you, well, I just think. I think this is what sticks out to me. When your grandmother dies is a moment.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: when you were at Brian Weiss and that happened, but then Juliana was your little soul sister guy, uh, angel that you had this soul contract with her, that she was going to fulfill this so you could start using your gifts and you had to have that experience. So I'm kind of giving the, <laughs> the rough version, but could you go into that wherever you want? Absolutely. This is um, you. You gave the Clifton note
1: version. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's great. Yeah. So I come from a family of immigrants, and mostly all scientists. They are um, physicians, and my dad is a mechanical engineer and loved quantum physics and studied all that in communist Russia. And they immigrated here in the early 1970s and wasn't very easy there. My, especially for my dad, they held him back there for a little bit because it was during the time of the Cold War. And it was a period in which where the governments were, I guess, fearful that they would sell secrets or whatever it was. It was such a crazy underground. Fearful time with the CIA and the FBI and KGB. All these three oh, funny. letters. When really the only three letters I love is just God and dog. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Those are the only three letters I love because for me it's synonymous. <laughs> right. God oh, and dog. You know, yes. God is everything, and dog is dogs are pure love. But but that being said, you know. I was born the last day of 1975 and it was really difficult for my parents as immigrants that were trying to fit in. And my mom lived, her migration story was she lived in Rome before she migrated to the United States. So she she had to learn Italian, she had to learn English and she knew Russian and all these other languages she was exposed to. So here I was exposed to many languages. My grandparents also, we were in this one little bedroom in Brooklyn, New York. And I lived in the same bedroom as my parents in a crib until I was about five. I just thought, and since I'm only like five foot one, five foot two, but I thought everybody slept in a crib. <laughs> it, I did it until five. I didn't know any difference until I, I realized my other friends had beds when I moved into a house. And that being said, the first... Um, The first miracle, and I feel that throughout life, we all have these death and rebirth moments. And those death and rebirth moments, they're moments where we think like you have a choice, either love or fear. And you may think that you're victimized and saying, Wow, life is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? And going into victim mode, or of, Why is this happening to me? And life is happening for me, for me versus to me, for and to. And that being said, from a very young age, I just knew how to read auras and how to read colors and how to read the vibration of love. That's it was the language of love. It was frequency language. Now people call it light language, but I thought everyone was able to speak in that love frequency and being exposed to many different many different nationalities. My grandmother was from Romania. My grandfather was from Germany. They spoke the in those native tongues and in Russian and in those in those languages and German and Yiddish. And it was so many languages. So English was my sixth language. So being a translator, I think my brain was able to go from left brain, right brain very quickly. And I would at times as a kid close my eyes because I didn't know what language they were going to speak to me and just feel, just feel. And that's, you know, we're, I wish I taught my kids other languages. That's actually, I don't regret anything. I truly don't. I know that every thing that we've gone through in life has gotten to where we are today. But I wish I spoke to them in other languages and I didn't take the advice of their speech therapist when they were very young, you know, Mm -hmm. because it really does something to the way that our brain develops later on, even of problem solving, even Mm -hmm. about problem solving. So that being said, the first death and rebirth was my grandmother's death. I was 18 and a half months old. I was sleeping in the crib And my mother took the day off and was going to take my grandmother to get help because she was really suffering from depression. She was in a new country. She was, we found out later that it's the whole female lineage in our family that we have a vitamin B deficiency. It's like the Mm -hmm. MTHFR mutated gene that we can't metabolize vitamin B. I Mm -hmm. never knew. Yeah. It was, it was interesting that my mother, my sister, like, um, my children have it now. It's passed down from, the, from my lineage, apparently. And when you can't metabolize vitamin B, you can go into a depression as well. We need all our vitamins, our minerals to help the balance, the harmony. So she was really going through a depression. So through that death, you know, the unfor- unforeseen circumstance or maybe was written there in the soul contract, who knows, right? That was my first experience with the other side. So after her passing, I was able to communicate with her and I would speak to, I had a pink teddy bear that she had gifted me with, you know, and I would speak to the pink teddy bear as if her spirit or her soul was still in there. Hmm. I would always talk back, you know, and that's what kept me comforted at night. Because the mother daughter relationship, which I don't think I ever spoke about that to anyone, especially on a podcast, but to you, <laughs> it, seems, it seems like that's your MO. You, you really get people to, um, just by you being you, just, um, I never, never said this, but the mother daughter relationship that I had with my mom was severed at that moment. You know, she, she had me when she was 23 years old and here, like, She's not even 25 and she loses her mom to suicide. So she was trying her best, this I know, of being a parent to me. But at the same time, the grief was so loud in the room that she was trying and it was almost robotic of being that parent, like making sure that my needs were met by, by food and water. And there wasn't neglect in terms of like her being cold or mean. She was never mean to me, my mom, but she just wasn't able to be nurturing, you know, because she herself, I think, didn't experience that from her mom, you know, and this losing her mom, like, so I realized at that moment at such a young age of, I was trying to mirror. That's something else I never said out loud. Mirror. (laughs) Wow. Mirror my parents' emotions and even the other grieving, like my grandfather's in order to be accepted and for them to see my heart again. Hmm. Because now, in a you know, here I am, I also felt like a foreigner. Where do I fit in? Now, I don't really have that nurture. My dad was such a you know, rigid at that moment very rigid, very strict, what appeared to be very cold, but that was a lot of fear inside of him. He really had a difficult and challenging time in Russia. I mean, he used to get beat up by wow. Because of the rank that he held. So he wouldn't leave the country. They would threaten him. That was during, mm-hmm. was crazy times. So these are things that you don't speak about. And I, I felt that in his bones. So he then developed another, he developed a disease, some form of food, um, from food, a hepatitis form, like it was a blood something in the blood that he ate and um, got very sick and he became very ye- yellow. And I remember being a couple years old and just putting my hands on his liver. And I knew where the frequency in the body, what ne- where the root was. I didn't understand why the doctors just didn't know. Wow. And how come they're all worried about him? I knew that's the frequency that needs to be balanced. And my mom, it was always her heart, and my grandfather too, but I couldn't I couldn't get so close except to my grandfather to put my hands on her chest. There was there was a wall that after my grandmother's passing, that I want to stay still there till this day. You know? Mm. So, um, there's a reverence that I have for her, but that type of Mother daughter relationship that I have with my own daughter. It's very different. You know, it's so different. So that was my first of seeing on the other side, seeing vibrations, healing, knowing I would be able to scan of, I couldn't comprehend why people's words weren't, weren't matching of what was in their heart. So I started doubting myself of. What is real and what is not real? And where do I fit in? I just want, I did not feel, I always felt different and it wasn't different in an ego like type of way. Like, oh, I felt different. I knew I was going to be something different. I felt like I just wanted to fit in and I didn't have a place to fit in. You know, like the toy that we used to play with when we were younger where we had four different blocks and there had to be one where you, you had to right. take the square, put in the square. Yes. I felt like my shape that there was nothing where I would be fitting in no Mm. matter what yeah so later on in life my grandfather Max was the only one who kind of let me I think we we were healing each other because because he just apparently he was spoiling me but he was letting me be me (laughs) right and he used to record my voice on these eight tracks and send it yeah and send it over to people in, in London, our family members in London and Israel and all over Europe, wherever they immigrated. And as if I was this superstar, I had a horrific voice probably, but it was, it was, it was something in which he allowed me to shine and, and allow even, I don't know whether he believed me or not, but when I would tell him messages about his wife, he would really embrace that. It wasn't condescending. You know how some adults, when they're speaking to children, they're like, oh, really? Oh, right. really? Like that, you know, obnoxious. And it, was, it wasn't it was like that. So fast forward, we end up moving to Staten Island. I was five years old and it was a house that my grandfather helped um, buy. It was $90,000. Oh, wow. My mom told me it was $90,000 and they were so happy. It's like the American dream, right? right. You're able to buy a home. But the house was built on farmland, which was occupied probably with other spirits.
0: Oh, funny. <laughs>
1: and, huh. um, so I used to, um, and I was the only child until age nine. So I used to hear voices in between the walls. And I remember even walking into the home after a night out with my parents and I would say, We're home thinking that they were going to go into the vents.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) I just didn't want to see. And that's when I started seeing, which was, I never spoke about that either, different angels. In the middle of the night, I was so fearful to even get up and go to the bathroom. I would scream until my mom would come and walk me because I used to see the apparitions in the hallway singing. They never, it wasn't, it wasn't harmful. It's just, it was something like, Seeing a woman that I looked like, you know, when I asked you, I'm like, should I put the background where it's foggy? Right. What it looks like you didn't know where it begins uh-huh. and ends. And she would be singing right in the little narrow hallway. And I would run back into my room. So I started seeing all of, I don't know if they were ghosts. I have no idea. Or it was the other realm. And then it started with UFOs with my, but my father actually believed with the UFOs. (laughs) Okay. As a quantum physicist, right. In that, in that world, I think he, he, there was, he was definitely connected in some ways in, in, in that realm. And he knew that there was an existence. Mm -hmm. Um, So my sister then was born, I was nine years old. We were nine years apart. Hmm. And my grandfather passed away around that time. So I really felt another, it was another death and rebirth feeling of, oh my God, I have, who am I going to open up about my gifts here and just be myself? Or just not even my gifts, just my, just me. Just you. yeah, Just me. And um that being said, years later at age 11, um, my, my mom, this is really wild. What, like, I remember babysitting for my sister. I was 10 years old. They left me with a one year old. Like, oh, funny. who does that now? Right. <laughs> like, they, without like child services coming. <laughs> like, okay, you could go out. We don't need a babysitter. Like, or 11 years old, leaving me alone with, with this, with this baby. And one year, I told my parents uh, it was New Year's, and and they were going out to you know they were young they were they wanted to go out for New Year's, and that's my birthday. And I said, if you go out, can you please just for this one night just stay home with me for my birthday? That's it. That's all I want. And my and my parents like, no, we'll celebrate tomorrow. And that's when I said out loud, well, if you go out. I'm going to get, and I named the disease that I saw in my mother's hematology books. And I'm not even going to say it out loud. It was something that I knew from the moment I was born and I was, I remembered my soul contract that I was going, that not I was, that my body was going to get sick. And I knew it was, I was going to heal myself because it's not me. I knew, I just knew. I I didn't worry. Amazing. I just wanted my parents' attention. That's all I wanted. I didn't know how to get that love. And I just thought of them being there with me, even playing dominoes or Monopoly or whatever, anything that would have just changed the trajectory. But them going out was the best gift that they could have given me because I ended up in the hospital and I had a fever for about six months. I wasn't able to walk. I wasn't able to walk. I was um, homeschooled. And then it was, I think I got their attention from the moment. (laughs) I think I got their attention from the moment when the doctors came in and they were about to give this cocktail of how to treat me. And I saw the children in the waiting room and they were just taking their wigs off and giving it to their mothers. And, and um, I looked and I said, Oh my God, I think I got their attention. What did I just do? And I remember going into negotiation with God. I've gone into negotiation with God a lot. That's when I realized it's, you know, that Judy Bloom book, like, hello, God, it's me. Oh, I love that book. That was one of my, it's me, Margaret. Yes. I
0: love that book.
1: That was one of my favorite books. So I went on, hello, God, it's me, Janet, you know, Please, I don't know what I did, but I'm so sorry. So if you just give me my health back to my body, I promise, and I would negotiate. I promise I will never lie. I will, I will do good. I Aww. will go, you know, and I would have these negotiations, but I knew not after that negotiation, I knew that all I had to do was visualize my own original blueprint. I'm getting emotional because it's like, I'm like, my God, it's it like, there's no time or space. I feel like I'm there again. Hmm. And just to go back to my original new blueprint and get activated again. And I knew just my body needed to catch up and, and, um, But watching like even my parents worry and suffer, I felt so guilty that I did that. Like I said, oh my God. But then if I could do that as a form of emotional manipulation, Mm -hmm. I can do good in life. Like I can use that gift into goodness. I could use, my grandfather told me, he's, my Russian name is Jana. He used to say, "Jana, just use your. Everyone has a magic wand. Just use your magic wand, and you could use it for goodness. Oh. And, t- and you just have to. You have to use it. And I did that. So that was at age eleven, eleven. which eleven wow. is such a significant, yes, a really, really significant year. And after that, we're gonna fast forward, right? It's we're gonna yes. we're going we're not gonna go into my crazy teenage." years. And that's when I was like doing tarot cards and Ouija boards and all that. But I was always afraid of, I never watched horror movies or anything like that. And, but fast forward in 1989, I read Dr. Weiss's book and it was Many Lives, Many Masters. I don't know how my mother had these books, but she did. And my gut feeling, my intuition is saying that a neighbor who also went through a suicide of her parents, had uh, given my mother as a gift. Right. That's what I think, because I don't know how else my mother would, right. that I she was in that. soul science, you know? Right. And I read the book 1989, and I said, one day I'm going to meet Dr. Weiss. Like I just felt, the way I felt with you that it was soul sister, I felt like this was another hmm. family member. And, and because he spoke in the same vibration of love as you did, Mm-hmm. As I do. And what I loved is the avant garde of not fearing of being ostracized, of being truthful to yourself, the authentic, which was always my thing. Like if I show people who I really am, will they still like me? You know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be liked all the time. It, it used to bother me. Like if someone
0: didn't like me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if I got in trouble from a teacher or anything, if I disappointed something and I got, Oh, it would just ruin me for days. It would really, really, really ruin me. Yes. I'm with you. Keep going.
1: Right. And that would eat you up inside Thought of why won't they like me? Why won't they like me? And I remember my father, like he was very straightforward. Not everyone's going to like you. And I'm like, but Papa, why? (laughs) Why? It's, um, but now, now I, now I get it. Now I get it. We, we are here as catalysts for others as well to not trigger in a bad way, but maybe to open their heart, to crack their heart open, mm-hmm. whether positive or, or there's no negative. It's always positive, you know. Right, for
0: sure. The Let me yeah. I just it flashed in my head two nights ago. I had a dream about just what you're saying, and it just hit me about an old boyfriend that I, I liked. He didn't like me, but it was. High school. I mean, what? I'm 54 now. How many years this goes? I don't think I've thought of that person for since then. And it was in my dream, Janet. And it was where I was trying to make him like me. Yeah. And I was. I kept looking in the mirror and trying to fix my hair and go back and see if he liked me. And then it was. Then his friend came and he kept telling him, "Gosh, she's amazing." And I kept going, "Are you listening?" Like it was so. Isn't that funny that you just brought that up? Gosh, that, and I woke up in the morning going, that is so weird. I, like, I was trying to figure out a way for him to like me. Yeah. That's crazy
1: (laughs) that we're speaking about it now. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. But that, um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But that's, yeah. So it was, you just, you just want to be liked. Right. So, so here I am, 1989. I think I was in eighth grade. Actually, I don't even remember. And now. I got my father, who's this immigrant. He's like, "You're gonna get an education." Of because I wanted to be a teacher. I ended up going into pharmacy school because he wanted me to. But then I ended up quitting because I said, "This is this is not what I want to be doing."
0: Oh my I, gosh! I, you of all people in pharmacy school? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm like it was. <laughs> I know our conversation right before this. I can't <laughs> do anything. I don't even take a Tylenol unless like, I know dying.
0: You know? What made you even think it was his idea? So you just oh, went along with it? Because yeah. in this, because
1: it's like, you're going to be a, a phys- you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be, you know, really it was just either a pharmacist or a doctor. I didn't have any other choice. Like he really went like communist huh. rush- to me. <laughs> like it was, it was that, that, that's really another thing. When they found out, when they took me to doctors, I'm going to go back when I was like young and I, when I was seeing color and I was hearing, cause with, I'm the four Claire's and I would say things to the doctors and they said, well, she's a, a, a wonder kid. She's your, your daughter is, and she's psychic. My father told me, if I tell anybody, they're going to send me to Siberia in prison. So that fear, myself, hmm. yeah, myself, that's, he used that fear tactic of me sh- shutting my mouth and not being my true self. And your cells, whenever it's a lie, your cells contract. They perceive it as, as an attack. Your entire body contracts. So I was going through this contraction. So whatever I did, it was so easy for me to manifest that disease at that time because my cells were already contracted. It was so easy just to turn it on. So that fear was inside of me. But then as a rebellious teenager, I'm like, Oh, this is crazy. I needed to just be my true, authentic self.
0: And. So you get the tarot cards and the Ouija board and do... <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and did and did all of those things and partied and went to clubs. like And just, I loved music. I loved vibration. I loved dancing. I, that for me, when people were drinking and doing all this, I, nef- I was the designated driver for the most part. Like, right. it was because I really just went to dance. I just love like percussion and music. And it was just another way of creative
0: expression and here I am. And why not? Cause you don't drink or any drugs or anything. And, and back then not, was it no, just eating? So you did? Didn't... Oh, I, tr- oh.
1: I drank. Yeah. Back okay. then it's not I didn't do drugs that I didn't do that. I'd like meaning like I was not, mm-mm. I would drink like I was drinking. Oh my God. If my kids would even know like some, <laughs> some disgusting, like malt liquor, like, I wouldn't, the thought of it right now, I I could throw up, you know, (laughs) it's like, who who does that? You know, go to a bodega and I got like, like that was nuts. Like, but I wouldn't, you know, like for me, I'm like a hundred pounds soaking wet. Like it doesn't take, it doesn't take much for, I didn't, you don't feel good afterwards, you know? So, but anyway, I never was into the hardcore stuff at all, at all. But it was just the, the dance. It was the dance, it was the music, it was the lights. And it just it was very freeing. I was able to be myself, express myself as my true self. So years later, I ended up getting my degree in education and then computer science, believe it or not. <laughs> and I was working um, in the fashion district at a dot com. It was iVillage.com. It was a woman's website. It was like the first parenting site. It was women-owned. It was great. And Living my dream work, making only, I remember it was like $35,000 a year. And I'm like, I did it. Right. I did it! I'm doing, but I didn't care. I was still living at my parents home because my father was so old fashioned until I was going to get married. He wanted me in the, in the house. Oh, okay. Very old fashioned. And one day I see. Now I'm in my early twenties. I was 24, going on 25. I see that Dr. Weiss is in Man- in Manhattan, and I said, "Oh my God, this is great! I'm going to go to this." So at that time, I already met my husband. We were engaged at the time, James, and I end up going to this event. And out of the 300 people that were there, I was chosen to be with him on the Sally Jesse Raphael show.
0: Oh, funny. (laughs) Do you remember her? I can still see her glasses and her lipstick and her haircut.
1: Yes, yes. But she was so sweet. Yeah, so so sweet. What I liked about her too, she was also authentic. You know, she wasn't trying to be the Oprah or the Donna. She was who she was. And so he he ended up putting me under hypnosis on national television. And I was going back and forth of speaking in French, speaking in English, speaking in a French accent. I don't speak French. French was not one of my <laughs> six languages. And what came out of that when you're under hypnosis, your brain waves go into this like alpha, theta state. So you're in this left brain, right brain state where your logic still is there. You're trying to make sense of it. But it feels like the viewfinder. When you're a little kid, you have that red toy. Right. And there's all these different images and you feel it viscerally. You can smell it. You can touch it. You can, all your clairs are so fully like awakened, especially depending on what innate clair you are. And I saw myself, I regressed back to the 19th century Versailles, France. I was with my husband, who is my husband now.
0: And you I could knew, tell,
1: right? You felt his energy, right? I knew by when I looked in his eyes. You know, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was him. I knew it was him. And I remember, tell this is on television. I'm like, oh my god, it's James. And he said, who's James? And James ended up being in the audience. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> like the next day when we were, when it was televised, he they I invited him to be part of the studio audience. And my husband was like, we were engaged at the time, and he said, "There's no way he's going to put you under in front of everyone. That's not going to happen." I'm like, "I don't know. They he wants he wants to do it, so let let him try," you know. Oh <laughs> but, my gosh! But what transpired in that regression was we were so in love, and we ended up being together. And you can go backwards and forwards in past life regression, progression, and regression. And as I was pregnant and I felt my entire body, like I've always wanted to have babies. Like from the moment I was a little girl, I knew that my calling was to be a mother one day. I Mm -hmm. didn't know or how, but I knew it was going to be challenging. I knew, I knew that being a mom or becoming a mom of becoming was going to be one of my life's challenges. Hmm. I used to put pillows underneath my belly when I was little and yeah, I remember out. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. They he puts me under and I see that I'm pregnant and that was it. That's when the tears started and I couldn't stop crying. I was hysterically crying. Wow. Hyperventilating. Mascara coming down my face. I mean, it was and I couldn't even wipe my eyes and I knew on one hand I was in On television and on one hand, I was still in that moment of just despair and the fear was so overwhelming and the sadness was my entire body. I couldn't, I didn't feel my body. I was so upset and Dr. Weiss then progressed me and he said, let's go and let's see what happened. And, um, I saw my body floating up. And all I kept on saying, this is while I was hyperventilating under hypnosis, was she's never going to see me. She's never going to see me. She's never going to see me. I couldn't even, she's never going to see me. She can't. And then I'm like, she can't see me. She can't see me. And then when they progressed me, I said, oh my God, she can't see me. I'm right here. And I knew that I was already in another dimension. And it was my daughter in that lifetime. Who's my daughter in this lifetime, which is crazy. And my husband, James, who's my husband in this lifetime, he had a nanny and he was very disconnected, you know, to this child because she looked like me. You know, she was, it was just a memory. And, um, that being said, what nobody knew in the background was that my husband and I, we broke our engagement. Well, actually, we broke up before the engagement. Because he never wanted children. And he used to say, I just don't want to lose you. And I said, why would you lose me? We'd be your child too. I, He just feared so much. And then one day he just said, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's have a family. Because if you're so passionate about it, it must be something Good. And I'm like, well, you can't (laughs) can't go back. Right. (laughs) You know, you you can't go you can't go back. It's not like, oh, sushi or, you know, you can't. And that's that's um, that was the story of Dr. Weiss. And after that, I became also I started studying hypnotherapy. And I said, What am I gonna do with being a regressionist? I'm like, I was 25 years old, but long and behold, four years, four years later. James and I were married. We were married and I had a few miscarriages. I lost a few babies and he was now adamant of we're going to have kids. And it turns out I have a retroverted uterus that if I wasn't a third world country, I would probably bleed out. Oh, wow. Because, yeah. Unless there was some surgery to, to fix the uterus that way it didn't, it never flipped during pregnancy. So. My Jules got stuck in utero and she was preemie and when she was born she was born with all low mu- muscle tone and her eye muscles weren't fully developed and she was born with a condition that would cause permanent blindness so she didn't see us.
0: Right.
1: So what happened four years prior in a regression from another life happens in this parallel universe where I get the chance to reconcile with my daughter and be a mom to her. And that's when I left the corporate world and came out of the closet and started doing my healing work as the clare's and hypno work. And really was to pay medical bills to be completely candid because huh. you go to the top of the top doctors. and now we're on one salary I come from immigrant parents and he's the youngest out of four. Like we don't come from, not even trust funds, but it was, it was very modest, modest. um right. upbringing. And that was the greatest gift was my child being born with not being able to see us. She is my greatest miracle because I didn't stop at anything. And I knew obviously that I was going to be, have this other, it was a death and rebirth again. And when she was five months and twenty-four days, there was only one doctor, Dr. Steele from Manhattan. He's amazing, that agreed to do the surgery. Nobody else would do it. They would nobody else would touch her. And I went to many physicians. And at five months and 25 days was the first day that she smiled at us.
0: Oh.
1: Um, but she didn't see us. But it's um Wow. And that's why I do what I do. <laughs>
0: Oh my <laughs> That's, gosh!
1: It took a couple of deaths and and rebirths, but these are the greatest gifts of our life. It's it's almost like I knew all those hardships that my body, or the body and other people's, the players in my the soul family that we were going to go through. But the conclusion is celebration, not this. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? You know when you talk about parallel lives and death and rebirth. So, explain that because you're explaining it in a way that I've had um past life regressions, and you know I've seen Richard before I've felt page. I know that feeling I understand what you're saying, so are you explaining it like you have to you're, you're repeating like I just finished your podcast with Rob, and i understanding the soul contracts and and how you are with her in that one life, and you knew that James was your husband too and you're gonna do that until you fix it. You're gonna keep repeating it in the same exact relationship. Is that what you mean? The way that the Destiny
1: Program, what I, what the way it was born was, I can connect to the pre-birth plan. I thought everybody was able to do that. Oh, <laughs> I, I, really? Um, but I do think, I do think that that in when we go into that zero field of meditation of the nothingness of the void. That we're able to go into, it's not just the Akash, it's where we sign a contract of this particular lifetime. The way that, the way that my guides have shown me was that we are all the soul, like we're all, it's the law of one. We come here, we're all one. And then we are now fractals. There is this. We separated, right, and it appears that way in 3D. So, really, like I see you and me, and you see me and you. Um, but each soul has their own contract of certain themes that they have to go through in their soul contract. They're like, and it's that they must complete, right? So
0: that they wrote so, for themselves.
1: That they wrote for themselves, but it's even not only that they wrote for themselves. There's something of beyond the scope, it's of what the light, the creator of God has written in a sense of what we're all going back to is really, we're going back home and home is synonymous with love, period. But these universal laws, we came here to remember who we actually are, which is a piece of spirit. So before our soul comes down here onto planet Earth, which Earth, there's so many, there's like so like billions of planets out there. Right. But we come here to Earth, like it's like we come to Earth, it's like a summer school program. We're like, let me learn a billion things. I want to learn about pain. That's why it's density. And I want to learn through relationships. And I need to forget a moment that I am not eternal in order for me to go through, I have free will. We all have free will. So I make the choices for ascension because as you ascend, the choices that you make affect me. The choices I make affect you and vice and everybody. So when we think that it's just me, myself and I, we're still living in this idea of this illusion of separatism. When in reality, We are all part of different star systems, come from different soul families. The way that they show me is there are 12 different homes per se that have specific themes and virtues associated with it. And we reincarnate with these particular people or souls that we make contracts with. That's why sometimes the ones that really challenge us, we're like, oh my God, but we we made us, the contract is always done by love. Because the only way you can ascend is for somebody poking you and pushing you into the doors of your destiny. And sometimes it's by being annoying or being mean and because we learn through polarity here on planet earth. It's so dense that we're able to see light and dark, but where we're from, it's all light. Mm -hmm. That is our real home. This is not our real home. And the, the truth of the matter is that each of our lessons, we have these sub, sub themes. And if you could picture a tapestry and each of us has our own specific light and this light goes as a thread. And really we're weaving this beautiful, beautiful tapestry that looks like heaven. Really looks like that's how they show me. It looks like heaven on earth. And every time we physically die, our bodies physically die. We have a choice whether or not we want to come back and be part of that tapestry of creating heaven on earth. There are other planets that we could go to.
0: Mm-hmm. okay. Are we at other planets as well? Like are we different we're at different planets too, right? Oh, at yeah. the same time
1: at the at the same time. Like when I channel in, there are times where I'm channeling in and I it's like six dimensional beings. Because I know the words that are coming through my vocal cords and from my heart. It's coming from a space and the way it's weaved in is like poetry. And I am definitely not a poet. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I can tell you that it's so. And I afterwards, that's why I used to never re-listen to any of my recordings because when I would re-listen, in the beginning of my, of my career, it'd feel like, it, and this is authentic. I used to feel like I'm an imposter. Oh, wow. Felt, I'm like, wait, I feel like I'm saying the same thing that another spiritual teacher said. Am I, am I saying, is this coming from my vessel or am I saying this because I heard this somewhere? So there was doubt. Like that was really, I want everything to be of love and authenticity It's still going back to that little girl of wanting everyone to like me and saying, I'm, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. It's true. What I'm saying, you know, so that soul contract is given before us, before we come here onto planet earth. And we are, I see the council of elders, let's say, these are high vibrational beings that were never on planet earth. And they are, it's on, they, they they're like a form of like an angel realm. Mm -hmm. And they're there and that's their, they each have a certain vibration that they hold that help you manifest the best you can be. And they show you the vibrational movie before you come down here and you see the octaves of the highs and lows. Oh, okay. At this age, that's what's going to happen. Oh, okay. And you sign the contract with your, Soul signature,
0: right?
1: And you come here onto planet Earth. You choose your parents because perhaps they're part of that soul. There's a sense of familiarity, right? Although right. sometimes people say, "I don't even know how I chose my parents. I feel like an orphan. I don't. I feel like I don't fit in." A lot of star seeds and people that are from the Palladian and the the Seven Sisters of of those they always felt different because. They really, some didn't have a lot of earthly situations and here they chose parents that maybe are more earth, Right, feel very different.
0: But do you feel like, I always have heard, you know, I've always believed that too, but now listening to you and then Rob Schwartz, is it, did the parent, aren't we all part of one soul, like yeah. family? So why does it mean that the kids picked Like we picked our parents versus we all came together and said, okay, we're all going to go. You're going to be the mom. I'm going to be the daughter, that kind of thing.
1: The children from when they showed me is the children choose the parents so they can help go into the doors of their destiny. So my mother, like I mentioned before, that I always felt that maybe because we were close in age, like there wasn't like a mother daughter, like she's like that my sister, maybe because she had her older she had me very young but i probably chose her because i never would have been as independent as i am if i had a mother that was very nurturing and that paved every way for me right. and i chose my husband as well who for the first i don't know 20 years of our you know being together was traveling almost six months out of the year, where in the beginning of our relationship, I resented it, but I chose him so I can be my authentic self. You know, so it wasn't easy, but I see it now. And I'm sure I'm probably in another 40 years, I'll probably even realize it more in the other people as well, because we came here to fulfill our soul contract by our choices that we make. Every moment we choose, is this, you know, fear or love? Right. Fear or love? That's it. But there's only one vibration and that's the energy of love. That's it. So the tapestry, what I see is that when our souls, our souls are eternal, but when our body says goodbye when that alarm clock goes off and we have to go on to the other realm and go back home per se. We get we're being shown a movie and they it's basically a life review. And I'm like, oh I could have done this better, this better. And it's shown through octaves, you know, it's it's shown through octaves. But now you have an opportunity and we as souls in the afterlife also have free will of whether or not we want to come back onto this planet as the law of one, as to help in that tapestry of creating that beautiful, it's like we're all artists and we're all painting at the same time, finishing up that tapestry. And it's really using the pigment of love. The moment we dilute that and with water, and other forms of chemical substances and all things of filling the void with the almost like of fulfill me now instead of let me work up to it, let me expand my container instead of self-gratification immediately. Right. The moment we realize that our soul can expand by being authentic and true, by restriction actually, by restriction, it's almost like that beautiful light of our tapestry becomes even brighter and the pigment gets even deeper, if that makes sense. Hmm. So that's the way they, they show me, but we are one. The, we are one, but we have had different experiences in different dimensions. And that's what brings the uniqueness here on planet Earth. We came here to remember
0: who we are. You know, we choose to come here. Like I think of 8 billion people on this planet all chose to be here right now, especially during this time and, you know, experiencing 2020 together and the shift that I feel and we all feel, or most of us should feel, I think, of this planet, right? But do you look at the souls that came here now as brave? And I've heard, talk to some people, you know, like there's a line waiting or Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't even want to come down, come here to this planet because it's so dense and, you know, so much work. But the people that do come are those ones that are so brave that just are have it in their soul contract to move the, to ascend the planet faster. How does that look for you?
1: Yes. Even now, I think the souls that are coming here at this moment in time, they're wired differently. I mean, even think of like the population of how many autistic children are now, and they ask why is it the is it the environment is it what the, the mother was exposed to the father was exposed to? These are special children. Did you ever read the book Indigo
0: Children by Yes? Catholic? Oh, a long time ago. Yes, I remember that. Oh, yes,
1: he's one of my teachers too. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was. Oh my God, he. That was a long time ago with with Indigo children, and it's these amazing children that have this auric field. Like it's a and I also I feel like that there's like there was a Dolor, the Dolores Cannon book where she speaks about the three waves of volunteers, right? And how depending on what is going on on the destruction of the of of the world of Earth, Earth was such a beautiful place, but through environments and a lot of like these ego and and of all different power, struggle of power, we're actually destroying Gaia, which is her own. That's a soul in itself. Gaia is the soul of our planet Earth. We're one with Gaia. Gaia is part of us. So every time when we like are choosing to utilize something that is synthetic instead of natural or something like that, I mean, we're just utilizing all of the resources. We're diluting the essence of Gaia. And now we have these catastrophic, like she's saying, stop, wake up, like these catastrophic wildfires in Maui. Which I know,
0: I was just going to ask you that. Oh Oh, my God. God.
1: It's like her saying, wake up. I'm going to go to and wake up in the most beautiful place on this planet. Maybe this will wake up humanity. Maybe COVID will wake up humanity. These souls that come onto this planet Earth at this moment in time, these are high vibrational souls. These are one of, these are courageous souls, but they're wired completely different. Like they came here really to look what's happening with AI. It's like of, so they're coming here, I believe to help. It's almost like not to go backwards. But Mm -hmm. to get to the roots where we have to start really growing our own food. I don't really don't have a green thumb, but I could learn, but it's (laughs) almost like of us showing that we care there. And when they forget, that's the whole thing. It's the parents that they choose when they forget their identity and the parents that use the iPad and the phone as their babysitters. Mm -hmm. Just can't even think of, you know, on their own. But if they have someone like you, honestly, in the world of actually getting back to basic ethics, confidence, remembering that they're more than just a robot, that they are not AI, that Mm -hmm. they came here, I feel like to really, one of the most difficult, challenging times, they are wired and built in, not just ready for combat, but they are ready with this It's a love vibration. That's why Mm -hmm. a lot of them are labeled as super sensitive. Oh, like of they're all of everyone is labeled sensitive now.
0: Right. Oh, um, the labels. Right. Oh, the labels,
1: the labels, the labels. When in reality, there's so many empaths that are being born now onto this planet more than ever, because the only thing that can heal this world at this moment in time is truth compassion, kindness, and taking a step out of the comfort zone without being,
0: you know, you know, feared of ridicule, right. which, uh, all... uh, you know, I have my students and I, that just, the one, I know every, it's a con, I know we're going back to the contract, but I know these little mm-hmm. souls are, we have this connection and it, there's no question in my mind when I see their little souls through those eyes and knowing that they're such sponges and they want so badly to get out and be what I'm teaching them. They know what I'm teaching them. They're just remembering it. And their parents have put their, you know, we talked about the hamster wheel of these limiting beliefs that they don't know any better, but that's all they do. And that's all they've known. And they keep repeating and repeating. But I feel like these little children now that are coming in with this different, such a different vibration and such a different knowing. They know that that's like by a week, like three with me, they're like oh, i'm i'm home i have goosebumps but it's like and then their moms will say oh my gosh there's light in her eyes and she's happy and she, it's almost like i'm i'm peeling the onion layers that they've been you know with these blinders on with because they don't know any better but once their parents are like oh you know work with ashley i don't have i don't know what to do with you you're not going to listen to me and we come on and it's just janet i I know in past lives when I've done my, I've been always with children and teaching and, and that's where I get my exudes out of me. Like I want, I pull it, their light out, but it's, it's in there, you know? And I just had this, this weekend, like a, we did a top morning routine and we talked about goals and visions and dreaming big and starting college and starting high school and, you know, all the in-betweens and, they're sitting there and they're looking at me. A mom mentioned, she's like, they're all like looking at you in awe. Tell me, like, what can I do? Because what I'm doing now is not working. The social media is not working. It's all about, you know, this phone addiction, all these things that, but the parents have allowed and it just, it's like a snowball. And so once we catch the snowball and we learn how to control the snowball, (laughs) I know we can't control things, but once we learn how to what like looking at life with these new glasses on and this this new vibration and what they're used to, once they're back to their normal vibration of what they were born with, right? It's a whole different person. And it's so beautiful to watch. It really is. It's like um I'm looking at your
1: backsplash over there, your your wallpaper. And like, what are you looking at? Yeah. It's like it's like little snowflakes, and we are little snowflakes. We come from one big snowman, right? <laughs> and Frosty. We recover Frosty. Frosty, our leader. We come from one <laughs> one big snowman, and we are we are you know we're beautiful snowflakes. But then, as we go down that the ski mountain, it becomes into the snowball, and then it becomes this huge, huge, huge big snowball. And what avalanche? You're doing, avalanche indeed. And what you're doing, what I see is that it's like, you're basically, yeah, you are peeling the layers, but you're helping chisel away the outer layer of the false identity of this cyclical fitting into a system that is no longer needed. Like going back to the soul contract, it's, I came here and on this parallel again, to have a different theme so not to go into that snowball again, like to pit, we pivot. So it's like from one lifetime to another lifetime, it's as if it's, I'm living in at the same time. I may be right. dressed differently. I was wearing really tight corsets at that time, out oh, of <laughs> which I don't know how they did that, but. What's happening, I think, at this moment is this new generation that is being that's waiting for the body. They are they must become the interrupter. They are the whistleblowers in a sense. And even with all these like identities of the labels and the I don't care what you call me, what label you put on me, just allow everyone to be true. And these what you do for these children is you become the interruption. But that one moment where they get a glimpse mm-hmm. of that light inside of them and they like it. Right. They don't need to go to outside sources for that fulfillment. Right? It's within you. And that I think goes a long way even in teenage relationships and love relationships that the love is inside of us. When we're constantly looking outside of us, for fulfillment, there's always going to be a disappointment. When in reality, we can't see or get love from someone else; it comes from us. Right. It always begins with us, and that's that's how I see you. That you're there as a reminder for these kids, and not only just these kids. For e- anyone that's blessed enough to be a part of your life, listen to your podcast, to see you, be be with you, like. That's your gift. It's a beautiful gift.
0: So let me go into the parenting part because I think the way you parent and I parent are so similar. And when I'm going through right now with Paige going into, I want to ask you about Juliana and, you know, boys and the worth. We're such, the way we've parented I now see the, I always say like, I didn't know it was working until now. Yes. <laughs> you know, like now, oh gosh, it worked. They listened, I programmed her. Like the computer's working now, it lit up. <laughs> um, but she's so strong in her worth and then Presley is catching on. You know, she's in ninth grade. She's following her sister's lead in her own way. But um, it's so fun to see, she doesn't need to go to parties. She doesn't, all the stuff you just said, she doesn't need any of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, she doesn't need anybody's approval. So funny. She's like, this one boy was kind of showing interest. And I said, you know, I'm always about let's, well, let's see what he's like and get to know him and see where his values are. And so she started liking him. And then the values started to, the red flags started to come up. And I, I wanted her to experience that. But, oh, Janet, it was like that. Done, mom. That De- can't do it. You know how like if I knew that back then, how much that would have saved so many times with these, you know, relationships that you have to figure it out as you go and then <laughs> spend all this time, even though it's all perfect and you have to go through it and it's all good. You wouldn't have that dream that you had the other day. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You uh, wouldn't care. No. No. So I just feel like when you're conscious parenting and you've done that, what you've done your whole life with these kids and instilled it, even thinking at a boy, like I think when sometimes Mikey, boys are tougher, right? They're more like, what, well, I'm gonna do it my way. And then once then they'll it'll click and then it will that'll then you'll be like, Oh my gosh, it did work. It's incredible. Like I think with boys, this is my
1: experience with my boy, he's an athlete. He works out three times a week, three times a day, not a week. <laughs> three oh, times wow. Yeah. Like this is like, he get he's so disciplined in that sense. But I think when they go through like between 13 and 15, it's like almost that they don't want to be viewed as mom, mama's boy. And with Jules, she used to claim I'm very overbearing. Like, I can't say that I'm a, such a conscious parent sometimes, but I'm definitely well-trained in meditation that they used to drive me crazy. And I used to go from a 10 to a 2 when they would oh, go funny. at it, right? But when I say drive me crazy, is that they're so much alike, even though they're a boy and a girl, they're both athletes. And I've always taught them just to be true to who they are, Right. And when Jules was younger, she always wanted to play football, like, you know, boys football. And I, and you see pictures of Juliana, like on Instagram, people probably don't think I have like family. No, she's but your it, twin. Yeah. Twin. Thank you. She's ultra feminine and very like, you know, very soft spoken. And here we are. What, what happened was she, I used to say, Juliana, don't you want to go to dancing school? Don't, because I wanted her to really Tune into the divine feminine. She had therapist working with her nine times a week. It was so much rigidness uh-huh. that I want her to have a little bit of like, you know, suave Man Day, you know, and her like, <laughs> you know, and she said to me, she said, mom, don't make me somebody who I'm not. I want to play boys football. And I said, all right. So we ended up. She was the only girl in on a boys' football team. wasn't tackle. It was. It was. I'm not that crazy. Flag, um, flag. It was flag. But they, you know, it was. It was definitely aggressive. But I now that I see boys and girls, the girls are more aggressive. Than oh, boys. funny! It's crazy. So that being said, is she ended up following her dreams, and her team ended up being the first NFL NFL flag team. And her name is in the NFL
0: Hall of Fame. Oh my gosh. Wild. This what girl the heck? Was born blind. <laughs> but, but oh, that was it.
1: her destiny. And that I think is the one I, you know, I'm definitely not a perfect parent, but I think the most important thing about parenting is listening to your children. Yes. If they don't want to do something, And you're forcing them to do it because that was like my dad, like, you know, even the way I would wear my socks, like my dad wanted me to wear them up to my knees. And I'm like, dad, and and he would be so rough with me if I didn't do that. You have to listen to your kids because if you listen to your children, the trust that builds, you realize that they are not ownership. Our kids are just, they're given to us as... Temporary gifts, but we don't own our children. They are God's children. You and I are God's children. Right. And the fact that they chose to be part of our family is actually, I should be honored that they chose me. You know, like it's a great honor. Like he, my son didn't, Juliana's going away to college. She's moving next week this weekend was our last weekend that we were together as a family. and Mikey didn't want to go to the beach. We got up early yesterday to go to the beach, and he didn't want to be bothered. He wanted to sleep. And maybe years later, when if I years years ago i I would have said, no, you're going to the beach because I can't leave him home alone, right? But I listened to him. he slept. he got his his sleep. he was much he was I think they're much. Nicer, not just nicer. That they see at a certain point that the values and the confidence that we instill in them, if they, if we believe in them and we trust their judgment, and if we listen so to them, true. yes, then they're more open to us. Because there's some parents that are going through their kids' stuff. Right. They don't know if they're vaping. If they're like, I don't have.
0: Oh, me either. I like, wouldn't even have to look at a text. I, nothing. 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 Never. I don't
1: think I've ever looked at my kids no. ever no. in my life. Right. You know, no, the don't. parental stuff, I. it's just, they learn through their own mistakes in that sense. But going back to the boy stuff, that's a tough thing also. Like your your daughter's going to school today for the first time without you there. That's another feeling of like, oh my God. They they don't need me. But no, you instilled great values. And then when boys, like with relationships, when we build, we teach them to learn and to listen to their own intuition, Mm -hmm. they'll choose of what is a vibrational match to them. They will. Because Juliana is going to be 19 and only now where she has her first like boyfriend in a sense. Like, because she... Her barometer was actually her dad in a sense of those kind of values of the way that she saw and she sees the way that there's so much respect in our relationship. And I think of what she needs as an a soul and they're good friends, they're best friends. I don't mm-hmm. know what will be, but we can only be in the here and the now. And that's what I always teach my kids, the here and now, even in athletes, like you can't focus that you didn't make that shot. You right. have to be the here and now. That's the only
0: moment that matters. Right. Yeah, you know, I do that all the time. I mean, when we're on our trips or anything, it's the weekend. Okay, it's Sunday. Let's enjoy every moment. But, you know, you know, and let's be in the yeah. present moment always. And it's just, you know, I think with me and my parenting, you know, I, like you, like no regrets. I was in the present moment. I was always, you know, I raised them like you did. And I was grateful that I was able to. You know, some people aren't able to, but would wish they could, but I was able to and to be with them. And now when I say I see the result of that and the result of our relationships and breaking childhood things, like things that I wish I had, you know, like I did break the mold and I did teach them. Things you know, like you, the think of the relationship with you and your mom, and the relationship with you and Jules. Like, mm-hmm. what a difference, right? Like, yes. But that was yes. conscious. That was intentional. Indeed.
1: You it know, really, it really, really was. And I think breaking the mold of the this, We're so loyal to the traumas, and through the systemic of your grandfather had it hard. So this is like it's almost like this loyalty right. of some struggle consciousness. Yes, It doesn't have, you don't need to be loyal to the struggle. If you go through processes, which, you know, I do in my sessions of honoring what they've gone through, when you heal yourself, you heal generations back and generations before you. Right. You know, it's, it, but it starts with you and all of those things that are getting, awa- that get awake in our DNA of fight or flight. 90% of it doesn't even belong to us. You know, it belonged actually. It, you know, we were actually thought of, we existed when our grandmothers, our mother's mother, was actually pregnant with our mother. We already existed.
0: Right. I remember hearing that. I just listened yes. to something today about that, that everything that we carry is from grandparents and, you know, it's like yeah. goes so far back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I work with um, my mentor, Michelle Blechner. She's amazing. I have to introduce you to her. Oh, she's good. incredible. And she's teaching me a lot. And we go into deep with family constellation work. And she learned through, his name is Bert Hellinger. And he was the founder of Constellations Work. He He trained and was watching how the Zulu tribe, how they break the cycle of any trauma. And they see like that it was going down seven generations of what happened to a great grandfather, how certain things may mm-hmm. have appeared as an, even a physical elements, like that's epigenetics, you know, that right. actually happened to me also where I lost feeling in a couple of my fingers and I thought I wasn't able to work anymore. And then going through my own healing process and hypnosis and the constellation work, we realized Michelle and I, Michelle helped me that my grandfather was, my, my father said was a parachuter during World War II. He was with the USSR fighting against the Nazis and he was a parachuter. He jumped off the plane to fight against the Nazis and they shot his three fingers off. Oh my gosh. And those were the three fingers that went numb out of. So when they're like out of nowhere, when people are like, I don't know, all of a sudden this hurts, all of a sudden that. There's no such thing as all of a sudden, whether it comes from a generational, like in our genes that gets awakened, but we get to heal it or whether it comes from our own emotional, because we can heal our own emotions that we block. There's no such thing as all of a sudden. It's all within us and we all have that capacity to heal and to be, once you heal, like what Maya Angelou says, once you know better, you do better. Be better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, oh gosh, see, we go forever and I could keep going because there's so much more. We'll have to do a part two, which we will. Yes. So go through a little bit of what the main things that you do before we end.
1: Sure. Thank you. And you're going to come on my podcast too. I want sure. the world. <laughs> wonderful. So I they people can find me on JanetNamaste.com, but I do something called a destiny blueprint program, where we delve into your pre-birth plan. And I basically uncover and transmit to you your universal laws. And then we go into your past lives, into the essence of who you are. You get to decipher and discern the choices that you made. It's like healing happens since it's a quantum healing session as well. Healing happens instantaneously because it's the truth. The only thing that can heal is the truth. That's what Dr. Weiss actually taught me. And that being said, we then, I go a couple of years ahead. So that you could find on my site. That's something that it's a big session. It takes me about 30 to 40 hours on the back end. Oh, wow. So I only do a few a year with that. And then you have, you're also become a member of the Soul Star Membership. And that's where I come on twice a month. That's something else that it's a private membership. It's uncensored. There's um, so many meditations. I bring on healers from all over the world. I share experts and I do light language healings every month and transmit the energy of the month for everyone. And every month I write a book of how to navigate through so people have a workbook to help with their growth. So there's never judgment. There's um, only love. So that's the soul star. And then I do intuitive sessions and I'm on YouTube and I have a podcast. that's all Janet Namaste and on Instagram as well. And I do a lot of workshops online and as well as now I'm starting to do in person. So if you're in New York, I'm going to be in Florida in the beginning of September definitely come in person I'd love to meet you all
0: (laughs) oh gosh you're just like this I can't even explain it (laughs) you're just all love and it just exudes through you and it's just beautiful to watch you talk and what you do and see the what's inside of you come out because it's all so true and so full of truth and love and oh it just exudes through you and when I was on your call the other night and it was the first time I'd ever seen you in action. And I see the people that come to you and and are drawn to you and what you do and the love you put into it and how it's just you and part of who you are and what you want to um, give everyone else. You want everyone else to have this feeling that you have. Oh, it's just amazing to watch. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to have had you come into my life. I feel like, like I said in the beginning. that we're well, we're eternally connected, no question. And I'm just so grateful. And thank you for being here and sharing your uncovering your magic for everyone. I'm so grateful to you.
1: i have so I love you. And I'm so happy that our souls created that contract. <laughs> wow. At that moment in time. Very grateful to you.
0: Thank you. you, know, you know, I, love- I love you. I love you. And you know the thing that hit me that day that you sent me that message the first day was it was a remembrance. Remember when he said that? I never had that say any, no one has ever said that to me, but it was like, oh my gosh, it is so a remembrance.
1: It's a remembrance.
0: Yeah. I love it. On that note, Janet. I love you. I love you Thank too. You. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today.